Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. This episode is brought to you by the Boneyard Huskies Club. The Boneyard Huskies Club empowers UConn student-athletes while providing UConn fans with access to exclusive community, utility, and rewards. The Boneyard Huskies Club is excited to announce Locker Mania. If the UConn men's basketball team wins the NCAA championship, Fans who purchase a Boneyard Huskies Club men's basketball 2022-2023 season collectible will automatically receive full credit back for each purchase, and the athletes will still receive the full revenue from sales of their collectibles. For more information, go to BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. That's Huskies with a YZ at the end, BoneyardHuskiesClub.com. Okay, everyone, believe it or not, March is right around the corner, which means it's conference tournament time. So joining me today ahead of... Uh, his team's matchup against Wagner in the NEC tournament. It's Sacred Heart head coach Anthony Latina. So, coach, welcome back to the podcast. Loved having you back on. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. So, uh, just taking a look, I, I know the last time we spoke, it was kind of in the early part of, of conference play here, and now kind of crazy to think how quickly things went, and it's already tournament time. So, how are you feeling about your team heading into the tournament? You know, coming coming off of you know the stretch uh, here of conference play. Now you, you finished off the season with a, a two point win over central. So going into the tournament uh, with a win under your belt there. Well, you know, I think, you know, certainly we have had, as you and I talked off, you know, had our first year of, of some setbacks injury wise, you know, we've had a couple you know prominent players that haven't played a ton. Um, you know, Aiden Carpenter from, from transfer from Siena Rizzi from Hamden, you know, he, he's been out for most of the year. So, uh, but Brendan McGuire hasn't been. And, and so the difficult part of it was one is obviously they're both outstanding players, but more mm-hmm. as it pertains to Brendan, you know, we, you know, he's a point guard. He has the ball in his hands and a lot of our offense runs through him. So when he went down, now he went down early in the year in conference play against Columbia early. Um, you know, it took us a while in conference play when Brendan came back, we lose a, a close game to Stonehill. It was, it was Brendan's first game back or second game back. So we were still – what happens is guys get comfortable in their roles, and now you bring a prominent player back, and the roles – and the not only does the role change, but the, you know, the, the minutes change and, you know, just the chemistry is a little different. So it took us a, a game or two, you know, in the league before we got comfortable with Brendan again. And so then we started playing well, and unfortunately he goes down again. So with another hamstring injury. So – um you know, we, we were, you know, we felt like we were well on our way to being, uh, you know, a top four seed, which we still are in top four, but we felt like we could have been yeah. closer to one or two, but that wasn't the case. But in his absence, you know, certain guys have stepped up and, and thankfully because of that, we still put ourselves in a pretty good position because at the beginning of the year in a league like ours, hey, you got to be a top four seed because you host the first round. You got to get that first round. And then once you get to the semifinals, you know, anything's possible. So we were still able to do that, which I'm proud of. You know, I'm proud of certain guys that, that stepped up, like like Nico Gallet, like Bryce Johnson, like Joey Riley. You know, and I think Nico and Bryce specifically, I think there was some expectation for those guys to play at a certain level. Uh, Nico was a preseason first-team All-League guy, and I think he will be a, you know, certainly second-team, but probably first-team mm-hmm. All-League guy. And Bryce is, you know, right there on the cusp of being, you know, in the top 10 or 15 players in the league as well. But Joey Riley really kind of was unexpected, and he's really – you know, certainly put himself in consideration to be an all-league player. So, you know, thank, thankfully, um, you know, because obviously the two players that were injured, 
uh, Brendan McGuire and, and Aiden Carpenter were perimeter players. So we needed someone to right. step up, and Joey's really – I mean, he's been outstanding for us. And and um, and if he wasn't playing at this level, we'd probably have three or four less wins. And instead, we're a four seed, and, you know, we're – we're, we're, we're doing a lot of positive things. And I, and I, you know, we're, we're hosting the first round of the, you know, the quarterfinals of the NEC. So let's take a look at that matchup. Uh, you, you're hosting Wagner in that four or five game. You, you guys have split with Wagner this season. Uh, you guys won at home, uh, lost on the road there. So what have you, you know, what kind of sticks out to you about this matchup uh, against Wagner, a team, again, you, you've got the rubber match here coming up in the tournament. Well, it's, interestingly enough, the games were almost mirror images of each other, except what Wagner did to us the first game, uh, we did to them the second game. So what I mean by that is, you know, they, they went up, I think, 17 in the second half against us, and we cut it to three. We went up 15 in the second half against them. They cut it to four, uh, and both teams were still able to hold on and win, you know, by 10 and nine, mm-hmm. uh, respectively. So I think it's a very evenly matched team. Um, you know, they're very physical Donald Copeland, who was an assistant at Seton Hall and also an assistant at Wagner, has done a really good job. Their their, their physicality and their toughness is uh, is clear. So certainly we're not, uh, you know, they're more of a kind of a half-court grinded-out team. We try to get up and down a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly both teams are going to try to impose their will on each other. You know, what we're going to have to do is, you know, they're the best offensive rebounding team in the league by a lot. Their offensive rebound percentage is at about 35, 36%, which oh, wow. is a very high number. Yeah. Um, so, so second shots are going to be a big key. Um, and then I think they score a lot of their points. They're not a great statistically offensive team, but how they create offenses, second shots and runouts and, and, and transition off turnovers. They do turn over. So I think a big key for us is limiting our turnovers and limiting their second shots. Matter of fact, they're eight and one when they get 40% of their misses. Oh, wow. Their one loss was to us. They got, they got 42% of their misses at home. Now, I don't think we're going to be able to do that again and win. <laughs> so if you do, if you are watching our game, watching their offensive, not their total of offensive rebounds, because you could make them miss a ton, but their percentage. You know, if you miss, you know, if you miss, if you get, you know, 12, off, 15 offensive rebounds is a lot of offensive rebounds. Well, if you make them miss 40 shots or 45 shots, that's still holding them under under their 36% average. Mm-hmm. If you make them miss 45 shots, so it's not as much. It's, it's how many. It's their percentage of misses that you're going to get, and, and they're going to get their fair share because they're good at it and they're physical and they're tough. But I think 35 is the number. If we can hold them under 35% of their misses, and we can keep our turnovers under under say 12, probably 12 to 15, I think we're going to have a chance. I think we're going to have a chance. So those are tough tasks because they do those things well. They're third in the league in turning people over, and they're number one in the league in offensive rebounds. So certainly we're going to have a work cut out for us, but I think that's the key. And and then, listen, you know, in, in, in tournament games where teams are very evenly matched, and, you know, you're going to have to, you're, you're going to, have to trust you. You know, guys are going to have to make some plays. We're going to yep. have to make some open shots. We have not shot the ball well as a team. Joey Riley shot well, but, you know, they're going to give you some open threes in the way they defend, but, and we're going to have to knock a few down. When you look at tournament play, and you, you have some guys on the team this year who, who participated in, in NEC tournament play last year, how important do you think it is to ha- have some of that tournament experience under your belt going into this game? Well, I think experience always helps because it's, it is a different um, – the level of intensity definitely raises. There's no question. Um, so I, I, I think uh, – and, and the pressure of, hey, your season's over if you lose – definitely is a factor 
So, you know, that always helps, but you got to perform, you know what I mean? Like y- y- you got to perform and, and, and they have some guys that, have, you know, um, played, you know, they, they got beat in the championship game last year. So they have some guys with yeah. a little experience in their belt, but the reality is experience only works. It only matters if you play well, you know, and, and the reality is, is the team that plays the best on Wednesday is going to win. So, you know, certainly I do think experience being there before, um, does give you a little bit of a comfort level, but you know, a lot of guys have stepped up in, in, in their first, you know, tournament game, and and you know, mm-hmm. we're going to need a few guys to do that, and we're going to need a few guys that have experience to really, you know, carry some guys. So it, it's, you know, it, it's it's never it's always good to have experience, but it's never an automatic formula for success. Right. You know, it's about preparation and you know and 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 performing. It's it's not you know. And, that's it. What does it mean to you to, to get to play, you know, this opening game here at, at home? Because I remember the last time you guys had a home game in the NEC tournament had an exciting uh, finish there. So uh, how excited are you to get a game at home uh, in this one? Yeah, well, it, it shows that you had a decent year, you know, so that's good. So you got to feel good about that. It gives it gives your players and fans and families a chance to play a game where they can watch you, easily watch you. And, um, you know, it gives our campus a pretty good event. So, it's important. It is very important. I think it's important for, for school spirit, all those kind of things. And, and, and so, you know, it, it's certainly a validation of, of, you know, your year to a certain degree. And, um, and it's an advantage. I mean, people are better at home. You know, it's, it's, it's a little more pronounced at the highest levels because crowds are so influential at those levels. So it's not as, as, as vital as it is, you know, as say in the Big East where, you know, you look at the top teams in that league and they're barely 500 at home on the road and they're like some ridiculous 32 and, I don't know, five or whatever the record is. You know, if you look at Marquette, uh, Xavier, UConn, and Providence and you look at their road record, I think they're just about 500 in the Big East and at home it's some ridiculous, you know, number. So obviously it makes a big difference um, at that level a little more so. But... But it certainly makes a difference at our level, too. I mean, if you look at the home and road records of teams, people are much better at home. Um, so, you know, and, and you're, more, you know, you're more comfortable in your own gym because you practice there every day. So it's, it's important. It's exciting. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're hopeful. You know, it's, it's, it's a – and our matchup is a pretty even rematch game. You know, we got the – the game is going to be on SNY, 7 o'clock on Wednesday, and, and that's exciting because of, of – it's been competitive, and, and I think the league thought that this was the, you know, probably the best matchup. So um, that's exciting too. I think it's on ESPN three as well in SNY. So um, we're fired up for that. Uh, just go to our website, you'll see. But it's 100 percent on SNY, but I think it's also on ESPN three and NEC front and NEC front row. So it's available for everyone to watch, and hopefully, it's it's a good level of basketball. And you know, we have some some very good players, and, and Wagner's a really good team too, and. Uh, we're hoping that we have a lot of eyeballs in this game and that we perform at a level that, uh, you know, our fans will be proud of. Yeah, I, I know everyone's uh, looking forward to this game, excited to, to see you get it at home. Um, so I'll wrap with this one for you. I, I don't want to keep you too long because I know a uh, busy time of year for you. But, you know, between your team, uh, what Coach Sellers is doing at, at Central, Coach Jones at Yale, uh, Dunleavy at Quinnipiac, and Dan Hurley, obviously, at UConn, really good 
Connecticut basketball season for, for the state teams this year. What, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, kind of the current state of Connecticut college basketball and what we saw from those teams this year? Well, I think it's exciting. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think, you know, with the exception of us in Central Connecticut that are in the same league, and obviously Quinnipiac and Fairfield, you know, the other, the other teams in your state having success does not hurt the other teams. It brings more attention to it. And that's what we want, you know. I mean, obviously UConn is, is the flagship and the catalyst. And when UConn is good, you know, they, they get the most eyeballs, which is fine, but it does bring attention to college basketball. And so so I think it's a great thing, you know, and, and the more teams that are good, the more people are talking about it. So and 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 listen, coaching is a small fraternity. The coaches in Connecticut are very we're, we're good friends. You know, some of us are best of friends. You know, Pat and I at you know, Coach Sellers at, at Central Connecticut and and Jay Young and I, and we've known each other for 25, 30 years. I've gotten to know, uh, you know, I've known James for a long time at, at Yale, and and I coached against coach, you know, against Danny, and and I've gotten to know Baker much better as well. So and and, and so, you know, these are these these people you consider friends and you root for them, you know, you root for them, and and, and uh, I, you know, unless we're playing them, I'm rooting for every Connecticut team, you know, and I want to, you know, I think it's great, it's great for the state. This is a basketball hungry state. Uh, because of what you know, UConn did and Jim Calhoun and what they built, and and this is a basketball state, period. And and um, and then Danny has you know continued that now, so that's exciting. So so hopefully hopefully you know it's it's you know all, all of our championship games are on different days, you know. So hopefully you know we get a couple of us to our conference championship games, and um, you know it, interesting enough, Central Connecticut and I. Uh, and, and said Rock could only play if we get to the championship game. So that would be exciting. We have that happens. Oh my God. Where do we sign up for that one? <laughs> for both of us. And actually we'd host. <laughs> so, so it's, you know, it's exciting. I tell you what, Pat would sign up for that too. That means he's won two playoff games and both, both on the road. So, so anyway, I think, um, I think it's a great thing, you know, really, really rooting for these guys, the great guys, they have great players. I think, you know, people don't realize, you know, it's, it's, you know, to be a division one player, man, it is, you got to be real good. And, you know, and, and, and these guys have, have, have good players. You know, I, I encourage everyone to, you know, I know that, that the uh, Ivy league and the Mac doesn't have high, you know, high seed, but, you know, we encourage everyone to come out Wednesday, Connecticut fans come get, you know, good level basketball in Connecticut. Um, you know, I don't even know is a Mac tournament in Atlantic city. I think it is and i know and i and i know the ivy league tournament is i believe at princeton and yeah, it's at princeton you know so so hey this is your last chance you know watch postseason basketball in connecticut encourage people to come out encourage you to follow all, all the local teams and really you know root them on and get some eyeballs on these 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 these, these players are, are it's a really high level of basketball it's an exciting level and you know it's a it's a good warm-up to um you know, UConn in the Big East tournament, and and I, and I grew up in Connecticut. For those that don't know, so I you know I grew up a UConn fan, so I I like heck for them, and, and I consider Danny a good friend, and and Tom Moore a, a, a great friend. You know, Tom, I'm, I mean, I, I owe a lot of my career to Tom Moore, so um, I'm rooting like heck for the Huskies, you know, and and as well. So uh, if if you know we, we get a couple NCAA tournament bids in Connecticut, that would be uh, you know certainly getting one with UConn, but. If we get one or two more, that would be really exciting for, for the state and, and something I hope can happen. Absolutely. Well, well Coach Latina, as always, I really appreciate the time. Best of luck to you and your team, and uh, hopefully we'll be chatting again on Selection Sunday. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'm going to take a quick break from the interview to tell you about my friends at Martin Rosal's Meats. 
This fourth-generation Connecticut family business produces kielbasa, hot dogs, sausages, and deli meats using Martin Rosal's very own original recipes. Their products can be found in grocery stores, delis, restaurants, and hot dog stands throughout the state. And if you're looking for your fill right away, check out their retail store in New Britain. For more information, visit martinrosalsinc.com and go support a Yukon fan-owned business. And now, back to the interview. Okay, joining me now, we've got the head coach of Central Connecticut. It is Coach Sellers. So, Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Jared. Appreciate it. Yeah, so we're, we're talking to you with the NEC tournament just, uh, you know, a day, day or so away here with, with your game on Wednesday against St. Francis of Pennsylvania. So I figured I'd start uh, this episode by just asking, how, how do you feel about your team you know, with the way the regular season ended uh, in heading into this tournament. I know you won four out of the last six games that you played, but how are you feeling about your team uh, starting this tournament off? Yeah, we're, we're feeling pretty good. You know, like you said, we won four out of six. We lost one Saturday where we were winning for a good portion of the game, and then we didn't, you know, like when our, our big bugaboo executing down the strut the last five minutes, we didn't execute like we should have. But – all in all, the, in totality, the last, you know, part of the year, we played a lot better. You know, our, our senior leader, Nigel Scannerberry, is really good for us. Devontae Sweatman has emerged as a leader and, like, just guys who, a guy who can close the game for us. He's been really good. And then uh, Andre Snoddy, Kellen Amos, you know, the, the guys that we have, they, we, we put on a, the last, you know, four weeks of the season, the last month I thought we played a lot better as a group. When you look at the matchup you have against St. Francis, I know you, you split the regular season with them, uh, winning at home and, and then losing at their place. And uh, so now you get the deciding game three here. How are you feeling about that matchup uh, come Wednesday night? Yeah, you know, Rob, Coach Kremel is a really, really good coach. They run a good program. They're a really good offensive team. Um, starting with Josh Cohen inside, who's like a handful to handle. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a tough game on the road, but we're looking forward to it. We, we played, you know, you take away the first eight minutes of the game out there and they made, I think, nine threes in the first eight, nine minutes of the game. And then we, 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 we got back into the game. Um, and then the, the way we played at home, we played at the last five minutes of the game. We were talking about executing and defending and kind of. Uh, making our mark in the game, we really guarded those guys at home. So, yeah, I, I feel good about the, the matchup. Um, obviously, Cohen is a huge part of it that we're going to have to slow down. How big do you think it is having some guys back, uh, you know, from last year, whether it, it's Nigel or Andre, having guys that, that played in an NEC tournament game last year, win, winning a game, too, in the tournament, and now kind of having, you know, some of that experience of these big games under their belt going into this one? Yeah, you know, it's it's really big. You know, I, we, we in, this, in the, our meeting today, you know, we, I, I told these guys, I said, fellas, I, I participated as a coach in eight different NCAA tournaments. So there's eight different times that something happened, a championship game, got an at-large bid. Uh, we weren't supposed to win. We won it. I said, but I can tell you a bunch of stories. And then Coach Wood, he was, you know, part of a Final Four team, a national championship team. So he's going to round it, too. But I said, let's let's do our own. Let's make our own story. Let's make our own uh, March Madness happened here. And I said, last year we had, you know, we played at, at FDU in a really tough game. 
we were down most of the game and we dug it out at the end and won a game. And like you said, Nigel Scannerberry and Andre Snoddy was a big part of that, 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 uh, late game, uh, comeback against us, FDU. So we have, it's great to have some experience. These guys, you know, in practice today, they're like really locked in and they're getting the other guy, the new guys locked in. So, uh, yeah, when you got experienced guys who've been around it and, and been a part of a NEC win, tournament win is uh it, it definitely helps and, and gets our guys settled down and kind and gives them confidence absolutely when you take a look um you know at this nec tournament and i know you mentioned earlier for your team you've experienced some issues you know kind of closing out games and, and finishing up those those last five minutes there what's the key you think for your team down the stretch in these tournament games you know where it's win or go home to uh you know pull things together and be able to pull out a win yeah, it's, you know, with us, it's always our defense. So it starts with our defense. If we defend and rebound, you know, we talked about it today, we give ourselves a chance to win. And so that's the number one priority for us to defend, rebound, contest shots. The last time, the first time we played them, they made 14 threes. And then the second time, we cut it in half, they made seven, and we were able to play um, Cohen one-on-one in the post. So that's, you know, obviously the defensive part and the rebounding part is huge. And then executing, um, being smart with the ball and it's our in-between game. We, we, last month of the season, we really became a, a good fast break team. We stopped teams, got clean rebounds and pushed the ball. And then as we went for, uh, forward, you get into that in-between where it's not a fast break, it's not half court, and it's a, a big decision we have to make. That's the part we have to really, really execute and figure out. So when we get to those in-between parts of the game, we're relying on our, our veteran guys, our point guard to say, all right, this is not a fast break. Let's get organized and let's run something. Or maybe we can swing the ball from side to side and let's get a quick paint touch. And if it's open, let's take an open shot. So uh, you know, those are the keys for us going forward for this tournament, for the game on Wednesday and going, going forward, if we get make it forward. As you get, you know, here towards tournament and, and postseason play, when you look at your team at the start of the year, I know you guys lost, you know, a number of close games, whether it was Quinnipiac by two, Lafayette by five, UMBC by two. And now when you look at your team of late, you know, beating Stonehill in triple overtime, uh, winning at, uh, by one against Wagner, beating Fairleigh Dickinson on the road by four. How do you feel like your team has kind of flipped the script a little bit and has, you know, kind of learned from some of those early season uh, tight games? Yeah, they, I mean, that was, you know, like we, we started, I would say, like two months ago and every day in practice, I mean, at least three times a week in practice, we put four minutes and 38 seconds on the clock. We have a tie score. We, we put five minutes on the clock down two. Three minutes on the clock, up three, and we we worked on it. We worked on it as a group. We we called timeout and practice, and we talked about what we need to do here, how we execute, what do we have to do on the defensive end, what we have to do on the offensive end. So all of that game planning and late game execution and practice has really paid off because we got a lot of payback for it the last month of the season. So, uh, you know, it, it helped. It kept us in some of those games, and it helped us finish out like the Wagner games and the Stonehill triple overtime games. So, hopefully, that that hard work will carry us through as we go forward. 
Absolutely. Well, well, Coach, I, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know it's a busy time of year as you get ready for this game. So thanks so much for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, best of luck to you and your team in the uh, rest of the postseason here. Thanks, John. We really appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.